DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We've got the question of the day up on our Facebook page. Should the NBA adopt a December to August schedule? How would basketball play in July and August? How would the playoffs go over? Got a lot of responses up. You can hit us up on Facebook. And we'll put it up on uh, Twitter as well and see what you think. We will get to that coming up. Also coming up, spring football. Well, that's a little bit of an issue. Some places got in uh, a few spring practices, some more than others. Some were barely getting going at all. Uh, we're going to talk with Yogi Roth about the Pac-12, how things are shaping up, how they'll have to adjust, and uh, how the teams are looking. Yogi Roth coming up at 9.30. And we'll talk to Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider here, uh, in a few minutes. All right, PK, the first week. It should have been March Madness. We should have been in front of our TVs at 10 a.m. for games four days in a row. But, hey, it's just one of the, one of the things, the new normal, we have to get used to. Just don't think about it too much. Because that's, that's usually a really good week. The first full week of the tournament's awesome. Oh, I think March is one of the finest months of the year. There's no question about that. I think that as this thing has lingered on, people will say, oh, we find out how uh, unimportant sports are. Well, I never needed perspective on that. I've always had it in perspective as far as what sports are. So as this thing lingers, I'm actually missing them more today than I did at this time last week. So I find myself being more Uh, What's the word? Not angry, upset, maybe melancholy, sad that sports are not around as opposed to, oh, I'm settling into a routine. No, the longer it goes, the more agitated I get. I understand the reasoning behind it. That's not the point. But the more we have without, the more I miss it. I think you say it. Yeah, the perspective part. Uh, there's, you know, there's lots of stuff going on that's uh, deadly serious, and I think that's what we miss. We just miss the distraction of it all, you know, and the fun of it all. And as we all uh, hunker down in the much smaller groups, you know, you miss that. Uh, you miss that energy and vibe of watching. It doesn't matter if you know you watching. Uh, you know, you go down to your favorite, uh, your, your favorite pub, your favorite sports restaurant. Uh, if you have the uh, the big party over at uh, your parents' house or you have everybody over to your place or if you're at the game itself, you miss that adrenaline that comes with a big group and a group of people getting fired up. And it's not the same thing. We're not in person here on the radio, but just when a team has a big win and it doesn't matter if it's March Madness or if it's the Jazz or whatever, we feel it here on the air the next morning. And we're not all in person, but it's still something everyone rallies around and you and I already know. Man, the phones are going to go nuts. We've got some regular callers who are going to check in and lose their minds, and it's going to be great. And that's what we're missing right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it, for me, it's not any in particular team that I'm missing. So it's not a singular game because no team is playing every day. I mean, baseball does to an extent, but we weren't at that point anyway in, in a couple of weeks. Although baseball was supposed to start this week. I think the first regular season games were supposed to be Thursday and all that stuff. Then I'll miss that for sure. Uh, to me, especially now that I live in a cold-weather city, the 
advent of the start of the baseball season means that better weather is coming around the corner, and that just gets me excited. So I'll miss that. But it's the day-to-day stuff, whatever it might be. It's not just the Jazz playing and the buzz we get off the Jazz winning, which is undeniable, obviously. I totally agree with you. But it's the March Madness that happens, and now we would we would be looking – forward to that on Thursday, but it's also the day-to-day of the NBA. You've got your soccer that is obviously missing games. So whatever it might be, it's just and even at the high school level, if you have kids who are participating in high school or you're a coach or youth sports, whatever it, whatever that might be that, you know, no one's getting a buzz off of that, but you're involved in it and it means something to you. And so I was talking to, to David Locke's daughter yesterday and she's on a golf team and, you know, they had one match, I think, and then all this stuff has been postponed. Well, she's just a younger kid, but these seniors, you know, they may not get that back. And for them, that's a significant deal. It, it clearly is. And they miss all that stuff, even stuff I'm not even involved in and I don't miss personally, I miss for others who, I, I mean, I kind of grieve for others who are missing it. Does that make sense? It does. It makes total sense. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. Steve, good morning. Steve, how are you? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. We got you now. Okay, okay. All All right, right. so uh, the question of the morning. Well, we have many questions. But let's start off with the the question that uh, PK and I have been debating here. This is the time where, uh, you know, the body clock says we should be down to the Sweet 16. And the question is, would BYU or Utah State have been in? And I'm of the opinion that there are probably 40 maybe even 45 teams that can ask themselves that because this looked like it was going to be a wide-open tournament. There have been a lot of tournaments lately where the NCAA selection committee has really nailed it. And, like, you you look at the seeding and 12, 13, 14 teams are doing what they're supposed to do at the top of the brackets. But this year seemed wide open. The the two and three seeds seemed vulnerable. Even the one seeds. We've seen how the number one ranking's been passed around. How wide open do you think the first week of that tournament was going to be for the Aggies and the Cougars? Well, I think the anticipation for all of us was that we couldn't wait for it to start because there were so many unknowns. And it seemed like there were mid-major programs that uh, were seated quite low. I mean, we got it high. And so you knew that they were going to be in situations where they could be playing third and fourth place teams from uh, P5 program, you know, P5 leagues and stuff. And so I think we all kind of felt like the way Utah State and BYU and other teams were playing, that uh, there was going to be some great opportunities. And you know, and you and I, all of us have seen all the projections and and who was going to be where and how this thing can play out. Uh, and it, it it seemed very real, very plausible. Uh, and felt like this was probably going to be one of the most exciting NCAA tournaments that's been around in a long time, especially for the, kind of the underdog guy. We, I mean, there's been upsets. Every, there's always upsets. But never was there a path that seemed so clear to, to getting to the second weekend. So, 
Steve, I want to ask you about these seniors getting another year back in basketball. I don't see where how it's practical because you have a number of guys, whether they be high school freshmen coming in, that were basing their decision on guys leaving. You have grad transfers. You have redshirt guys, maybe not grad transfers, but redshirt guys, junior college guys, who've made their decisions based on what they anticipated the roster being. What's your take as far as giving these seniors their eligibility back for winter sports? I've got no problem for spring sports because those things, they didn't really get an opportunity, but most of the teams had an opportunity to compete a full season or close to a full season in winter sports, so I'm not sure that really works. Uh, I, I don't I don't think it's going to work. Uh, I mean, hey, if I'm a coach or a player or as a fan, yeah, I want that. I mean, everybody wants that. But when you start thinking of a lot of adjustments are going to have to be made in terms of scholarships and commitments, unless the NC2A is, is going to make significant changes in terms of scholarships that can be offered you know for for large schools that have a lot of money it's not an issue but if all of a sudden you've signed and take a mid-major even a a school that hasn't had a lot of success is trying to rebuilding and uh they've got they've signed seven or eight people and all of a sudden you know they don't have the ability to do that that turnaround can't take place because they can't bring people in from out of town i mean it's fine if it's a walk-on somebody that lives within near the community that they can drive. But a lot of the people that you're going to bring into your program, you're going to put on an airplane. And then they need that support. So I think logistically, it just doesn't seem plausible, to be honest with you, that you could keep the seniors. I mean, we all want to do that. And I think a, a lot, I mean, there's a lot of programs that don't want to bring their seniors back. <laughs> okay? I mean, they want a fresh start. They want to, you know, there were 50 or 60 or 70 really good teams that all have, uh, compelling stories, but there's a lot of programs that want to move on. I want to get the new people in here and uh, and, and get a fresh start. So I, I just I just I don't get it. I understand talking about it. It's fun to can imagine what they could do and where they could be. And when we're talking about two local teams that we're all very familiar with, uh, yeah, I, I get wanting that. I mean, if you ask me, hey, would you like that? I'd say absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. And I was even a little bit surprised they brought the spring sports back. But it, uh, it, it takes a lot less money and time and things to, to run spring sports than it does to run football seasons and basketball seasons and all the other things that go with that. You know, there was also talk about maybe expanding the rosters to make this happen and letting teams offer more scholarships. But I would think if you're in uh, fundraising, university athletics, with all the things that are going on financially with the economy, this would be a hard time to try and do that, try and raise more money so you can have more scholarships. That seems like another potential headache. Yeah, it it, it is a potential headache. And I don't think economically any of us understand how important – uh, you know, the NC2A tournament is to college basketball, to programs across the country, not having that. Uh, and, and, I, and I just think that you, you, kind, of, you kind of brought closure. You, you, closure has been brought. I know there are a lot of people out there still hoping and, and that you know, th- changes can be made and we can bring back this special team or someone's special team. But there's just as many people that could care less about it. In fact, there's more that could care less about doing it. Uh, who are, you know, so it's, it doesn't represent, you know, we're, we're talking maybe 30 or 40 really good schools who feel like they have a great opportunity. And then there's another 300 that would just say, hey, uh, it's time to move on. Let's get going. Let's not take resources away from future teams, future programs, future schools. 
uh, I, I think trying to get a consensus on that. I, I know what we read every day and see on social media and hear from a very small group of people. Uh, yeah, wouldn't we all love to have the NC? I mean, like like you, I mean, for me, the NBA, the NC2A tournament, uh, golf, all of those things are a void in my life, and I miss them dearly, <laughs> and I want them to come back because I get such joy from watching those things. But uh, at, at the end of the day, we got to take care of bigger problems and bigger situations. And uh, but it is it does make for wonderful uh, narratives and conversations and the what ifs. And there are a lot of really positive what ifs for BYU and Utah State, who certainly had the ability to make it make runs in the tournament. Yeah, what do you think as far as the players do in this now that, now that we don't have any games uh, for these guys? What would you advise the seniors who want to have a pro career? Uh, what can they be doing at this time so whenever we get back to that normal, hopefully sooner than later, obviously, that they can be prepared for it? Well, with all the criteria to you know being in groups and social distancing and so forth, there are, there are things that they can do. And, I mean, there's, there's nothing that's stopping them from finding a way to condition themselves. And, and you know, I, I don't know if schools are closed or not allow them into a, you know, into a locker room, into a, a workout room. But certainly there's, this is a time where you, you, every day you've got to be working on your body and getting shots up by yourself in the gym and doing those things. And those, those are going to require some uh, – uh, permission to get in and use places because right now a lot of public places are called closed. I mean, all the gyms and you're not going to use a public facility. So you're doing everything you can to keep yourself in the best condition you can be, eating properly, uh, staying social distancing, staying away from people and taking this time. I mean, we're all kind of doing that. I mean, all of a sudden I'm reading a lot more. Uh, you know, I'm having more conversations with my family on the phone and FaceTime. You know the things that are probably are most important in my life. I'm 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 reading good books. I'm doing things that are making me better. That I oftentimes don't find near enough time to do when I'm busy watching TV and or participating or when I was coaching. So there are there are some good things there. Uh, it's incredible to me to walk around my neighborhood. I don't know how it is in your neighborhoods, and uh, I mean there are hundreds of families with dogs and cats and small children and bicycles walking around uh, and, and just kind of connecting with each other. And, and as you go by, saying hello and uh, chat maybe for a moment and keep walking. I mean, those are things that we don't take a lot of time to do unless it's a holiday or, uh, you know, it's, it's in between a game or a, a work assignment. So uh, there, there are, those are some good things. I think the country... It has come together, and I think I think our leaders are coming together from the things I've read recently. I think I mean everybody's on board with this thing. But if I'm a college athlete and uh, trying to play professionally, I'm doing everything I can to take care of my body, my mind, my game, uh, watching film, uh, and so that I am prepared when that time and day. You, you know, you don't want to all of a sudden eight weeks from now, they, you know, the NBA comes out and says, "Hey, we're." We're doing draft stuff, workouts, and you don't want to be the guy that goes, well, man, I should have done something during that time. Uh, man, I, you need to really, really be getting after it right now. What a great thing to do as well. It keeps your mind occupied, and you don't sit around depressed about the fact that you 
can't go to your favorite restaurant or go to a movie or, you know, go to the beach or whatever it might be. You probably talk to friends in the coaching profession, and I wonder if you're hearing that there's going to be uh, less movement this year than in most years. It seems uh, like it would be a really bad PR move to fire a coach and pay them off, and so that that takes away opportunities for other people to leave a job and move to get a better job. So I wonder if it's going to be really status quo because it would just be a bad look to have big buyouts right now. I I don't see, I agree with you. I just don't see that happening. I mean, it may be, and maybe there's some really uh, issues with a school or a coaching staff that has done really inappropriate things, you know, with the NC2A. Uh, I think that would be probably the only reason someone might lose a job at this point in time. I think everybody's just going to take a deep breath and say, hey, let's just give this another year. I know the program's not trending where you want it. And we we got some issues. We'll work through it. It just doesn't seem to be the most appropriate thing that needs to be happening right now. And once you get into, you know, and we're going to get into the summer on this. Once you get into the summer, you know what you need to do is just take care of the people you have, and and the players, the coaches, the support staff, and everybody, and uh, do the best to have the best year you can coming going forward. But it, it would it would just seem really inappropriate unless there are infractions. And in a really inappropriate things happening, that uh, that can't be the biggest thing on people's minds. Uh, I think we take care of this and watch out and take care for others and have have that kind of selfless mindset. That uh, it, it would appear very selfish and, and narcissistic in my mind to see an AD president come out here and start firing people uh, and doing those kinds of things in the midst of. Well, really, really difficult time in the world. So I, I completely agree. I don't think there's going to be much change. Hey, I'm just hoping and praying that uh, come next September and October that you're going to have football and you're going to have guys practicing for basketball. And I don't think anyone can clearly say, yeah, we'll be back. Everything will be fine. You know, and, and it, it may well. But uh, every I hear a different narrative every day. We got a chance to watch a lot of TV and be on the computer and hear things. And it, 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 you look at the countries that have kind of got through this, the Asian China, Japan, some of those countries who really got to it and had the ability to really quarantine people and get people off the streets. Uh, I, I, I'm just thinking about New York City where, you know, there's 18, 20 million people living on top of each other. You, you can't even you go to the park and can't even go have social distancing because there might be 5 million people in the park. Uh, it's really difficult for those densely populated areas. And, and a lot of people still aren't doing a great job about doing the things they need to do. Um, and I know there's all these conspiracy theories. There's, oh, you know what? You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to bite on that right now. I'm just going to do the things I've been asked to do. If you tell me six months from now, oh, you didn't need to do any of that, okay, fine, that was an experience, but I don't want the alternative. You know, I want my grandkids to be around. I want my children. I want my wife. I want us all to be in good health. I want good friends. And uh, it, it's, that's, that's what I'm hopeful about, that it gets resolved. But uh, I know we all got to talk about something. And it's gotten really creative and <laughs> talk radio and, and television. And th- th- there's been some really filler, good filler things and interesting concepts. But 
I, I don't I don't think we're out of the woods yet out of this thing. I mean, it, there's no guarantee that anything's going to happen next fall unless things get taken care of right now. And I think that's why people that are complaining about not being able to go to the movies and or watch their sports and this and that, then you know what? If you're really serious about wanting that stuff back, then do the things you're supposed to do. Don't be out at night. Don't be in large groups. Don't continue to party. Now, you can't even get in California – you can't get into a restaurant. So I don't know how it is in Utah, but, uh, you know, there's pretty significant restrictions here. I wanted to know how you dealt with parents. I'm going to throw a situation at you. As the coaching staff wants a kid to redshirt, parents don't want the kid to redshirt, so they don't redshirt the kid, and the kid doesn't get a lot of playing time and then wants to transfer. How do you deal with that? Well, uh, usually what happens is that when that happens, it's because you haven't taken care of something before that happened. And I think what happens is that we want to let parents and, you know, you, you don't want to lose a player. And so you, you try to be as honest and positive as you can and look at, you know, the future. And here's the role that I think your son or daughter is going to have. This is the position we see them playing. Look where we are. If you you know you, you look at our roster, uh, he's playing. There's two seniors. There's three seniors in, in that position. They've proven themselves. You know we see you fitting in here and doing this. And, and you go through that process typically. And you can usually uh, help parents to understand. Okay, I, I get that. Or or a high school coach or AAU coach, somebody that's involved in their life. Uh, and say, this is the reason we brought you here. We, you know, and we, those things should have been, should have been dealt with and addressed when you, during the recruiting process. But what happens sometimes, we get so anxious about getting somebody on campus and getting them here and, and, and don't put the due diligence and the time in to look at your roster and look at long-term recruiting and, you know, depending on the school you're at and what the circumstances are, just being, but being at BYU, we were constantly having to, to deal with the comings and goings of missionaries and those kinds of things. But typically you don't have a lot of those issues if you took care of it during the recruiting process. But sometimes coaches and people will say things and do things to get them on Cali. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out. When you start having those kind of conversations with your staff, We'll, we'll make it work. We, we just got to get them here. Those almost always end up not working out. And so you get in a situation where you have talked to parents right in the right way, and you've been honest and upfront as, as possible as you can because players get better. And that's the thing that happens sometimes that coaches get caught with is that they look at their staff and, and they, they talk about the players and they look at the next three, four, or five years, and they're – they get surprised sometimes, and a kid develops and gets confidence, and all of a sudden a guy who was playing is not playing because this guy makes our team better. Those are difficult things, and they do happen all the time, where someone's progression is different than another's. Somebody's more committed to the workout, to the, to the, to the weight room, or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden, all of that anticipation of a family and a player and the recruitment of that individual, all the positive things that happen, they get to school and realize, wow, uh, I don't think I'm going to play. So you sit down with them and say, you know, I think this would be a good year to redshirt. Well, that's a little bit of a disappointment because 
grandma and aunt and uncles and high school coaches all felt like he'd come in and maybe get 15 or 20 minutes. Isn't that what you talked about? So you have to be really careful about the things that you share and say to people because they remember it. And it can come back to haunt you in a few different ways. Not only does it take place with parent problems and with player problems, but then it can creep in and there can be chemistry problems with your team when guys get a little bit clickish and they start talking and all of a sudden you realize I've lost control of the culture of my program because I didn't take care of business at the very beginning of this recruiting process and be really transparent about here's where we see you. you know, and, and sometimes we can do that and be as honest as we possibly can and it's truly how we feel. And then circumstances change and consequently have to address it. And then, you know, people are in the transfer portal. So I, I just think from the beginning, a lot of these things can be avoided when we are really honest and upfront with parents and coaches and players. And when we do that, we still know that things are going to happen. And the fact is, right now, we live in a world that people want things immediately. And if it's not happening immediately for my son or my daughter, we're going to go try something else. And, and it, it appears that the NC2A, uh, if they haven't already, <clears throat> are going to allow players to leave without consequences. And as soon as you put that into play, um, it makes that's a burden on coaches and programs. Uh, to know what to do. And it can be a good thing when you're, maybe you made a mistake on a kid and you realize, wow, we made a mistake here. Now you can tell the kid, hey, listen, you're not going to play and mean, you know, he, he gets a chance to immediately leave. So I think there are good things on both sides. I think it's, there's a fairness to student athletes that when someone brings somebody in and then doesn't play them and, and they, they had been told everything that this is what was going to happen and it didn't happen. Why should they be punished for that? And I think that's what's happening. Uh, sometimes we hoard players and get as many as we can and don't realize that we're gonna, at some point in time we're going to have to manage them, their parents, and their, you know, their grandparents and everybody else. So I think coaches need to be better about that. And, but I think student-athletes are protected now from uh, being brought into a program where there's never maybe any intention for them to play but just to be a backup hard to go recruit a guy and tell him, hey, you're going to come off the bench and be a support guy for us. So that's why we see the revolving door and we see transfers, eight, 900 of them every year uh, to protect student-athletes. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it as always. Thanks, guys. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing to get your winter furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This, 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 this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. You know I was babysat until 8th grade. Dolores Arnold used to babysit me every day after school. And Dolores? her husband. Yeah. Look, he got like 220-pound 8th grade hands. <laughs> Can we not focus on that? You walk in like, hey, Dolores. Hi, Hans. I think it's funny the thought of a 8th grade Hans Olsen probably pushing two bills. He's <laughs> sitting in and being babysat. You guys let me know when you're done so I can finish my story. Tell us more about Dolores. Anyways, her husband, Don, liked MASH. Sitting next to Don on the couch watching MASH. Hey, <laughs> Don, can... can I borrow your shaver? <laughs> 
Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right. PK. What? Your last, uh, your last question to Steve Cleveland. Did you have something specific in mind you want to share, or was that, uh, you know, more general? You know what I think, Steve? Uh, Steve, Steve. You're not Steve, are you? <laughs> I'm not, not anymore. <laughs> no. I was. You know, I had to change the identity, start a new life. Witness protection. I, 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 was just, I was just thinking about life and everything and what's been going on. And, uh, yeah, that question, you know, maybe it was related to some. But it, it, I don't know if it was related to an individual as opposed to a broader perspective across the board, literally in all sports, in men and women's sports at the collegiate level, and uh, what's involved and what's best. And, you know, as I reflect, and Yak and I were just having a text about this during the break, you know, we just lost Kenny Rogers, not the pitcher, the singer. And I think, Dave... That the gambler, if you just read the lyrics to the gambler, they are the most important lyrics ever written. Think about it. And when you're coaching and when you're playing, don't you really, you have to know when to hold them. You've got to know when to fold them. You've got to know when to walk away. And you've got to know when to run. And you never really count your money, Dave, when you're sitting at the table. You understand what I'm saying, babe? We're both too tired to sleep. So we just turn and stare out the window at the darkness. Worm overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces, knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind saying, I can see you're out of aces. Take of all of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. Stop singing on the radio. You're making a fool of yourself. Okay. Think about this. Has there ever been a song whose lyrics have had a more important message? I would ask our listeners to come up with something. What uh, lyrics really resonated with you that you could use and apply in your life? You got to know when Think about it. Know when to fold up. Yeah. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. The run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count. When the deal is done. When social media found out that uh, he had passed away, one of the best uh, tweets I saw was a guy who tweeted, well, it's time to count him, Kenny. The dealing's done. Right. Well, there you go. There's somebody who knows the lyrics. It it was weird how that song spawned a movie and then spawned a sequel. It did take on a life of its own. 
I mean, it spawned a life. What do you mean a movie and a sequel? What are you talking about? Name me a set of lyrics that is more important that gives you insight on how to live your life. All Just right, let's anything. go, people. Let's do it. This is in your wheelhouse. You know it is. 855-340-ZONE. Okay, I'll tell you the one because this has been big on social media because uh, uh, the, the, a lot of celebrities got together and uh, saying, imagine. And people would go, John Lennon. Imagine there's no heaven. You freaking atheist. Get out of my face. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think we're talking about people. See, if you grew up in a certain time in a certain place, you would remember the troubles when religion really divided people. I think that's what Lennon was getting at. Oh, you mean like today? Uh, I think he was talking uh, Liverpool and uh, looking at what's happened with the uh, you know the English and the Irish and Northern Ireland and uh, you know what a mess that was in the '60s and '70s. Oh, okay, and that's really cleared up now. In the <laughs> well, in the... it got a little better actually. <laughs> what community do you live in, buddy? <laughs> Grew up with a guy who was from there. Heard the stories forever. Uh, His mom lived there, so he'd go back once a year. Always heard. I mean, stories. the great thing about our community is you have one group of people over here, and you have everybody else over to here, and they're already practicing social distance. It's been going on for years, and since I moved here, it took me about six months to figure it out. Eight five five three four zero zone. We're looking for the lyrics. What have you got? There's nothing better in terms of counsel for your life. The only other thing I could think of is show her your love with a dozen roses. That's about it. Come on. Give me the Eagles song that really resonates. And I know some of them do, so you're going to have to pick one right now. Eagles lyrics that really resonate, PK. Hit us. You know them all. Every single one of them? You do. Well, the way I live my life, obviously, is life in the fast lane. All right, for all the parrot heads out there, you were talking about Jake earlier. Not Yawk, Jake Scott. Big Show, Gordon Monson, 3 to 7. Uh, you love the parrot head concerts. Give us his best lyrics. Uh, you know, I told you last week, if we weren't all crazy, we'd all go insane. Uh, but I don't know that, that that's, that's more of a motto. I'm talking about a literal way to live your life. Well done, Yach. I mean, I've been up and down I-15 many times. (laughs) (laughs) Put it out there. Put it out there on Twitter right now. All right. Go to Twitter. You get good response. You tweet like 40, 50 times a day. When I get bored. Nah, 40 would actually be, that's, that's record-breaking territory. You tweet like 40, 50 times a day. <laughs> the day of the earthquake I did. <laughs> oh, man. All right. A motto on which how to live your life. Kenny had a profound impact on me. Uh, phrase it for me one more time as I type this in. What? Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Best lyrics to live your life? Yeah. That's very. I mean, you got to know when to fold them, know when to hold them, know when to run. Don't count your money now.
Do you, you have done? Do you, bet, do you have better lyrics? <laughs> All right, there it is. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Best lyrics to guide your life? Yeah. What's do better? you Do you have better lyrics when it comes to life advice? All right, there it is. It's on Twitter. Go, people. Ready and go. <laughs> I mean, I think that it is it, it is it's something that is very, very important. Yeah. Because you start thinking that you won something and you start thinking you're all that while you're still doing it. Come on. What happens? You think you're all that when you got a 20-point lead in the third quarter? What's going to happen? <laughs> you lose for the room. ninth straight time. Oh, here it is. First response. This is solid. Jeff David. First res- oh, man. First responder. <laughs> Jeff David, man, people who have first names for last names, don't they drive you nuts? Jeff David Every says, Live Like You Were Dying by Garth Brooks. I thought that was uh, Tim McGraw. Pretty sure it is Tim McGraw. Yeah, I think you're right. But, you know, I defer to you on all things country, country music. Yeah, that sounds good. But if you do that all the time, you know what's going to happen? You're going to die. All right, hit us up. We will check the reaction on Twitter, see what happens during the break. We'll get to that next. Yogi Roth's coming up at 9.30 to talk college football. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. By Jamie Sykes, Carter pressure. It's to Jenkins, the Drew for the win! Gone! He did it! Bryce Drew did it! Falpo has won the game! A miracle! Well, the Chevy strong play of the game, we went with one of the all-time early round upsets and dramatic finishes. Bryce Drew, Valparaiso, you can see the play, the long pass, the quick touch pass to the wing, and he hits a three-pointer to win the game, and the whole team dogpiles him. Uh, This weekend would have been the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. So we went with one of the classics. Know it today at 450, and you win fabulous prizes on the big show. All right. Now is normally when we find out who sucks, but uh, PK, is anybody sucking in the world of sports? Did, did Bill Belichick suck going with Brian Hoyer? Is he destined to fail at quarterback? We were talking about this on Talking Sports last night. He is going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. This is a no-name group of quarterbacks. Kessler out of USC, five years pro, but he's only played a handful of games. Stidham, who's barely played at all. A young kid out of Auburn who was drafted to back up Brady and, of course, doesn't get to play because of that. Well, I don't know that that's going to be the three that they end up having. Right, that's that still change right now. Yeah. Uh, so Hoyer's been around for a number of years. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's going to be a starting quarterback. So let's see what the product is when they get to. Well, after they make their final cuts, hopefully they make them in August and everything returns there. So I don't know that those are the quarterbacks that are going to be on the roster. But right now, obviously, they don't look like they're overwhelming. And speaking of Bryce Drew, he's going to be in Orm this next coming winter. You realize that, right? Because? He is the head coach at Grand Canyon University, and they're in the WAC. So they'll play UVU? Go Lopes. 
Yes. I'm a proud uh, sort of alum of uh, Grand Canyon. Sort of alum? <laughs> Teaching certificate. No, no, you got a, you got a degree from there. I was there for, uh, let's see, I started in June, and I got it done in December. And they, I got a teaching certificate, and after I graduated, I thought I might need something else in case this media career didn't work. I mean, talk about underestimating myself. What a joke now, in case this media career didn't work. I mean, look at this freaking media career now. It's one of the best, I mean, in the state of the history of Utah, right? And to think that there was a time that I thought, wow, I need to get a teaching certificate in case this media career doesn't work. You talk about laughable, guys. That is one of the funniest things ever, because look at me now. I am a freaking media mogul. (laughs) Oh, God. Guys, I mean, join in with me, please. I mean, think about it. Isn't that ridiculous to think that there was a time that I actually doubted that I wouldn't be a media superstar? Well, then you can't get mad at all the other people who have doubted you. They were just following in your footsteps. You're trying to logic to me right now. That's one of the reasons I hate you. And on that note, DJ PK, we are getting some good suggestions and maybe some unusual suggestions. Lyrics to live your life by. Kenny Rogers passed away this weekend at the age of 81. The Gambler. PK says there are no better lyrics. People are beginning to suggest lyrics. We will get to those next. And Yogi Roth at 930, talking college football on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.